Welcome to the Kilted Patriot, where kilts are mandatory, whiskey is recommended, and feelings are optional. A channel dedicated to all things Highland Games and America, because, well, freedom. And now, here's your host, Gareth Ainsworth, the Kilted Patriot. Hello and good evening. It is New Year's Day. Um, so we're going to do a New Year's toast at the end, so stay with me during this episode. Uh, I'm also, today is going to be the first of the like Highland Games specials in that we're going to be talking about the history of the games. Why? Well, part of the reason why they're so amazing is the rich history that comes with them. And then lastly, I also want to talk about why I haven't been around for almost, I think, three weeks. So um, I work, obviously, as most of us do. And I'm also attending school. Uh, and I just went to Disney World for two weeks right before Christmas. I was there from like the 10th through the 19th of December. And I had an absolute blast. Ain't gonna lie, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, I am a Disney, Disney, Disney nerd. And um also a bit of a Star Wars nerd, and if you haven't been, Galaxy's Edge is freaking incredible. It was amazing. Um, I got three kids, an eight-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. All girls. It's the uh, infantryman's curse, but they had they had the best time as well. So it was it was super relaxed. Uh, we hit every park down there, minus obviously the um, water parks since it's. Uh, well, they say it's cold out down there, but uh, I don't know. I live in Maryland. It was definitely a wa- lot warmer down there than it is up here. Um, so yeah, it was just it was it was a really good time. And then obviously, you know, we had Christmas too. That was um, that was just a it was a really quiet Christmas. Um, obviously, uh, we spent all our money at Disney World, so Santa uh, was a little more um, let's say frugal for Christmas Day, I think, and. Um, but we had, you know, it was just a super quiet day. I got, I got a wood burn fireplace in the house, and you know, I just, I love a wood wood burn fire. Um, so you know, we had the fire going all day. Got a couple of new bottles of whiskey, and um, yeah, I did, I did my thing, eating, drinking, napping, um, a couple of workouts and a couple of dog walks. It, it's been a, it's been a good quiet time, and then obviously New Year's. Um, my New Year's Eve was actually quiet. Um, I had a friend over and his wife and um yeah we just we were actually really adult about it <laughs> um i wasn't guzzling down drinks or anything like that we were playing board games and you know just a couple of drinks and some good times with friends so it was a super nice night so anyway uh going into the meat and potatoes of this episode i mean as we know the Highland games comes from a, a storied history and uh again tonight's episode is going to be kind of we're going to go through the first half and then we'll do another episode again later on because me i really enjoy history um i know that it can be driving some other people so i want to try and make this you know not me just yammering on about dates and this and that um, i'm going to try and make it entertaining so 
keeping the Kylan games alive. Um, essentially, it's how we're gonna how are we gonna keep this alive? Is uh, it's the wide le- widespread love and appreciation for the Highland games is what's kept it alive throughout the ages. It's that culture, uh, it's that history, it's um, that community uh, that's just an incredible display of culture, talent, and athleticism. This is how we're going to keep it alive by telling its story, by um, coming together as a community. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm sure we might have mentioned it in an episode before, uh, but COVID-19, 2020, it's, you know, been a hell of a year. All the high, all the games, all the Celtic festivals, everything got cancelled. Uh, and, and, you know, it's understandable. But how did we keep it alive this year? It was the athletes. Um, they came together and they did twosies, threesies, you know, small games, local, in their own private fields. And we still had a good time. Like, yes, it sucks because the whole festival isn't there. The whole experience isn't there. The spectators don't get to see it. I get it. However, it kept it alive. It, it's going to keep it alive for us. Um, and hopefully 2021 starts today. Let's see what happens. So, yeah, history can be argued often with, uh, you know, different historians, different opinions, different takes and things like that. We're going to try and stick to, you know, what, what's, what's the, general, um, the general consensus in the history of the games. So the Taltine games um, ran from 1820 BC to 1180 80 AD in Ireland and that's kind of what um, historians are considering like the first games so the Taltine games kind of ceased after uh, the Norman conquest of the British Isles and uh, these preceded the Olympics in Greece um, and eventually as we know the Scots came from Ireland so eventually made their way over there uh, And then uh, the Taltine Games were they were originally promoted to honor Queen Talt or Taltu, who was uh, who well who is the goddess of nature. So, but however, we're going to try and keep this with Scotland. So Scotland, uh, they give their first games credit to King Malcolm the Third, who in 1040 A.D. Malcolm um, was in need of a courier and he summoned men from all different backgrounds from all over um, the area to conduct a hill race and his courier like think about the times back then you know he needed to run messages back and forth to different uh, not lords but um, clans and and whatnot over there and uh, it was a dangerous um, it was a dangerous job so he was looking for someone who had the speed, the guile, the bravery. So he, he created this uh, hill race. And the goal was simple. It's the fastest man would become his messenger. And as the king's royal messenger, he would have this uh, newly bestowed position, the honor, um, and the prize of a purse of gold and a sword. So there's a legend that comes with this uh with this uh, event as well, in that there was three brothers who joined the race, and these three brothers were th- these three brothers were the ones who were favoured to win. And at the start of the race, the two elder brothers took the lead, 
and the youngest was lagging behind. In fact, it said he was late and uh, begged to the king to allow him to race. But the king told him, you know, go for it, but <laughs> you're a bit too far behind. So the youngest brother, he quickly caught up and was most impressive at running the hill. He closed the gap on his older brothers, and it said that he called out to his brothers, halves, brothers, halves, and I will yield. It's essentially saying, you know, if we all go halves on the prize, then he'll stop and he won't beat them. Um, but the brothers responded with a hard no. And so this, uh, the younger brother said, okay, let's, let's go for it. So as they became exhausted at the crest of the hill, the younger brother managed to dart past. And at the same time, the older brothers, one of the older brothers fell and grabbed his kilt as he was passing, not knowing whether this was to stall his adversary or save himself from the fall. The youngest brother just ripped off his kilt and continued winning the race au naturel. Uh, since then, hill racing continues to play a major role in many of the Highland Games events throughout Scotland, and people do tend to keep their kilts on nowadays. So after that, the Sayers Games are said to have begun in 1314. The reason is it is a Scottish tribute to the people of Fife who had the heart to fight at Bannockburn. So those who know their history... The Battle of Bannockburn with King Robert the Bruce is what sent Edward I back and packing. So the Battle of Bannockburn took place on the 24th of June in the year 1314. The Scots had pulled off a major victory against the, um, against the English, outnumbered by almost 10,000 Englishmen. King Robert the Bruce had drunk, dug trenches and laid iron spikes throughout the battleground to hinder Edward's advancing army. Once the English entered the trap, the Scots descended upon the fighting into the night. The next day, the Scots were already prepared to attack the tired English encampment. A brave cavalry charge by the Earl of Gloucester was devastated upon the unbroken spears of the Scots. Bruce had 8,000 men who were experienced war fighters. However, because of the overwhelming numbers, the people of Fife, mainly farmers, had proudly offered their services to the cause, armed, usually, as farmers, with only rudimentary weapons. And King Roberts uh, was, sorry, the Bruce, was unwilling to um, put them in unnecessary danger, so he kept the 600 fifers in reserve and out of sight of the English. So how I, when this cavalry charge happened, um, the Bruce is said to have called, on them, on them, and the fifers heard this cry, thinking it meant for them to enter the battle, charged down the hill into the fray, and then the English, seeing what looked like fresh troops uh, entering the field, decided to uh, flee the scene and um, retreated post-haste. So after the victory, the Fifers returned home, and they were given the freedom of uh, cares, where um, a games was held in their honour. And the Scottish National Anthem, The Flower of Scotland, pays tribute to this incredible victory. The line in the uh, music, well, one of the lines in the music is, um, the flower of Scotland had stood against them, proud Edward's army, and sent him homeward to think again. 
And this war is considered to be the first war for Scottish independence. And now on to the Reformation. So the Reformation was a time of change with religious reformers doing everything in their power to discourage and ban sports, particularly on the Sabbath. Um, opponents within Scotland, including the leading Protestant John Knox and his counterparts, preached against recreational activities and were particularly specific regarding Scottish dancing. The music of the devil um, seems like a apt quote for that. And then is just people who seems to promote the view of anything enjoyable in life is evil. Pretty sure they still exist today, and we call them Karens at the moment. So anyway, um, in 1574, Kirk authorities appointed representatives to severely scrutinize all written material, and as a result of this censorship, the great a great deal of uh, literature was confiscated and burned. It seems to be a recurring thing in history and how literature and uh, when you don't like something is you, you burn everything associated with it. But I digress. However, following the union of the crowns in 1603, James the sixth King of Scots became James the first of Britain and he reigned until 1625. Um, he was not particularly popular everywhere um but he was a uh, pretty enlightened monarch who was interested in several sports um and he not only personally participated in sport he encouraged his son to follow in his example so when he discovered that these puritans were banning the practice of sport on sundays uh even after church services james um, had the Bishop, Bishop of Chester put into paper his views, and this is uh, in the titled in the uh, sorry titled the King's Book of Sports, sixteen eighteen, and then attacked those who sought to rob citizens of physical recreation, uh, realizing that workers were, you know, are exhausted after long hours of hard work with little if any free time from Monday to Saturday. Uh, the monarch posed the, the question, For when shall the common sort of people have leave to exercise, if not on Sundays and holidays? Seeing that they must ply their labours and win their living in all working days. So essentially he was saying, you know, these folks have to work from sunup to sundown, Monday to Saturday, and then they're going to church on Sunday morning, What's wrong with them, you know, taking in some recreation? Uh, and that was his attack on the um, religious view that um, fun is a sin. So, however, in spite of this royal support, um, the opponents of sport, including uh, these religious zealots, they kept up their pressure. Um, you know, which is, it's and is what it is. You know, you, sometimes you just can't change people's minds, but there we go. However, we now know that everything did survive. So that's how I'm going to leave it for today for our um, first introductory special into the history of the Highland Games. And we're going to go, I guess, into the future or back to the future for the next special uh, that will come out soon. 
and uh, then we'll be starting to talk about the Jacobite Rebellion, which I know a lot of people, you're going to recognize that, and the Battle of Culloden, which honestly is a part in history, which I absolutely love, and I got my own theories about it, where we'll talk about that in the next episode. Kind of going to lead into uh, when the next episode might come out. Uh, honestly, I'm hoping by the end of January I'll put another episode out. Uh, but I am about to go away to a course which is going to take a lot of my time um, and uh, I will return from that in March and then I will hopefully get back to normal, get back into a training schedule um, because my my training has honestly taken a dump um, since vacation and you know everything else going on. But anyway, um, since it's New Year's Day, uh, I guess we'll do a... I'm going to give myself a, well, you, us, all of us, a New Year's Day toast. Um, i got my glass here with my whiskey stones, and I'm drinking Highland Park uh, Valknut, which is a single malt scotch whiskey from the Orkney Islands. It's a good one. I like it. So I'll pour myself a quick one here, and um, we're going to give ourselves a... New Year's Day toast. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, and I will say, in the coming year of 2021, throw far, suck less, and may you forever have the height. Good night. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, Thanks for tuning in to the Kilted Patriot. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Kilted Patriot. Remember, every champion was once a contender who refused to quit. Until next time.